Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome to week five. Salvetra here. We're going to take a first look. So welcome everybody in here right now. I appreciate y'all being here. Give me a second of your time. Like button for me real quick. Big ol' subscribe button pops up. We're about to hit 30,000 subscribers. I appreciate you all a ton. We had a fantastic week four. The best NFL week four I have ever had, actually, taking down $17,000 Ruskies last week. It was a lot of fun across all the sites, so loads of fun there. Big old week. By the sounds and looks of it via the Twitters, Patreon, all that stuff, Discord to an extent, yeah, some people are winning money as well last week, so be sure to hop into the Patreon link down below, projections, rankings. Exactly what I'm doing in GPPs each and every single week in the Closing Thoughts podcast, 20 plus pages of game-by-game notes, a whole bunch of stuff to help you be more informed, which allow you to have a better access at all those dollar rooskies in these contests. Today's show is going to be sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight, player prop site, more or less, over, under, all that type of stuff. Later in the week, we'll have the player prop show coming out Friday at noon is when it's as of right now scheduled. Then you could use that player prop show or just some of your own intuition, knowledge, and maybe even some of your own emotions if you really want to out there, some of your favorite players, to bet any of the props, the over-unders. And if you use the promo code VETRI, V-E-T-R-I, on Monkey Knife Fight, upon your first deposit, a 100% deposit match up to $50 Ruskies is what you're going to get. You get 100 bucks in your account if you want to put it all the way in there. Put 50 in, you get 50 back. You want to just put 10 in, try it out, you get 10 back. There you go. You use that player prop Props video later in the week to kind of have a guided access point as to where you can go if you need some help or you can just do it yourself. Check that out down below again. Promo code Vetri V E T R I lets them know that you came from me. Let's start this bad boy off with the quarterbacks. And I'm going to put a big disclaimer out. I'm recording this on Monday. I'm recording this a day earlier than I usually do. I usually record Tuesday mornings. I'm going to have to be traveling Friday to Saturday. So I'm trying to get all my content out a day earlier. I'm recording this right now, Monday afternoon, exactly noon, 12.01 Eastern time, noon 01 Eastern time right now on the East Coast. So these two Monday night games that have not gone out, I don't know what to really make of them yet for this next week because somebody can get hurt. So if Patrick Mahomes, if Clyde Edwards-Lair, if somebody who I'm high on or at least talk about and don't mention an injury gets hurt tonight in the Monday night games, now the Packers are going to have off. They're going to have a bye week, so we don't have to worry about that. But for those other teams in the games, the Chiefs, the Patriots who are going to be on this slate, the Atlanta Falcons, if something happens to a key player or just a player in general, and I don't mention it, that is why there is your early disclaimer. So starting with the quarterbacks, yeah, $7,400 Dak Prescott. I mean, that's too cheap, right? I mean, I mean, that's too cheap. And now this is a situation where we expect them to hopefully get a lead and manage. Last two weeks, they've been playing from behind unexpectedly against Cleveland, who's not a really bad team, right? They're a top five overall offense. They're a top eight overall defense right now. The Browns through four weeks. That's a good team that came in there. And again, they were only four and a half point underdogs. They end up getting in a situation the Browns were. They're leading the Cowboys and the Cowboys have to play from behind. And the Cowboys have been having to play from behind from all the teams they're playing. Seattle's a good team. Atlanta has a good offense. This could be the week that it could be a little bit of a gotcha spot, right? I've been on the Cowboys stacks every single week. They helped me take down a lot of dollar ruskies last week. The week before that, we profited a couple thousand dollars too because of our Cowboys stacks primarily. I continue to want to play these Cowboys stacks because DraftKings isn't making the stack expensive. Sure, Dak's price goes up like a couple hundred dollars. Sure, Amari's price goes up like a couple hundred dollars. Gallup's price is still in the five K range. CD Lamb's six thousand dollars flat. Dalton Schultz is affordable, right? So these stacks are still easy to play. But I will point out to you this week, the Cowboys are going to have a pretty impressive team total. They're going to be big favorites. This could be, and we thought maybe it would be last week, just four and a half point favorites. But if they're going to be a touchdown to ten point favorites, whatever it ends up being, this could be a situation where it is Dak Prescott no, not throwing forty five times for four hundred fifty yards, and he's only throwing 30, 35 times. And yes, at the price point, then it's not going to be getting you there. And it's an Ezekiel Elliott game. So I will put that one out there right away. But back to back 40 point games, three straight games of 450 plus yards. He looks very, very good. He should be an $8,000 quarterback in this matchup because right now the Giants rank 25th in coverage and 23rd in pass rush. Yes, the offensive line of Dallas has been struggling. A lot of guys going on IR, guys retiring before the season started in terms of Travis Fredericks. It does not look good, but it has not stopped 
Dak Prescott from dropping 40 burgers in DFS. I will say, I have interest. He's a yes right now. But as the week goes on, if there's going to be a lot of ownership there, this could be a jump off week and hedge it all on Ezekiel Elliott in the ground game. But for right now, I'm on Dak Prescott in the Cowboys stacks yet again. Next up is Matt Ryan. Again, they're going to be playing tonight. So if something happens to Matt Ryan or one of his playmakers, I'm not going to mention it because the game hasn't happened yet. If I knew what was going to happen, I would win the Millionaire Maker tonight. And maybe tomorrow, by the time I'm recording another video, maybe I will have won the Millionaire Maker. That'd be pretty cool. But Matt Ryan, $6,100, and he gets a Carolina defense that right now, overall, they're terrible against the run, dead last against the run. But right now, an overall defense, they rank 26 against the Atlanta passing offense that ranks ninth overall. There's many stacking options here, right? He's $6,100. He's looking like an early week cash consideration quarterback. You know, get three or four guys that you consider for cash, filter it down. The projection will look good on him. The matchup looks good. As long as Julio and Ridley stay healthy tonight, they're active and ready to go. You still have Gage, you still have Hayden Hurst. There's a lot of stacking options for GBPs. The primary options are going to probably be Julio for me, and then obviously Ridley, but lots of depth pieces from that. He's top five in attempts coming into week four. It's a 55 game total at the look ahead line for this one. It's looking very good at $6,100. Again, he's probably $700 too cheap for this matchup. I'm going to like it. The team total looks great. Get yourself some Matt Ryan stacks. And again, he's a cash consideration for me. Next up is Teddy Bridgewater on the opposite side of that game. We finally got the Teddy Bridgewater. This could be the week that he wins a GPP for you. Now, when Dak Prescott goes for 40 plus points and everybody's throwing pass happy in the entire league, he doesn't get you there, but he had a very good week four, right? It was the first time that we saw that GPP upside. And every single week he's been a maybe. And last week he was a yes for me. He was my second highest or my third highest on stacks. It went to Sean Watson, then the Dallas Cowboys, and then it went to Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. I'm going to have interest again. This Atlanta team, their secondary right now ranks coming into the Green Bay game. It says top 10 on PFF in secondary coverage, but that's not man-to-man coverage. Man-to-man, they're very bad. I mean, we saw Seattle take advantage in week one. We saw Allen Robinson take advantage of them last week. I assume tonight somebody from the Packers will take advantage of them. Maybe it's Robert Tonya. Maybe it's MVS. Maybe it's one of these uh, Darius Shepard or Malik Taylor. Who knows at that point? But I'm sure that somebody will because they're beat up. Denard's beat up and their secondary in general, Isaiah Oliver being their best secondary player. That's not great. Hey, Bridgewater in week three went for 276 passing yards, two touchdowns, but we got to see the mobility and he looked good on the ground. His leg looked fine. It looked like vintage Teddy Bridgewater before his injury. 32 rushing yards and a touchdown. Atlanta's in the bottom third of the league in pressure rates right now. Caroline is also in the bottom third of the league in pass blocking. So that's not as great. Maybe leads to a little bit more rushing upside and scrambling for Teddy Bridgewater. But I like it. You have clear stacking options. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. That's the only guys that you really want to be stacking with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want the running back in there. I don't want Ian Thomas in there. And then it seems like you have endless run back options on the opposite side. All the passing game options and even Todd Gurley has a run back option against the Carolina run defense that is dead last in the league through four weeks. So Teddy Bridgewater is in play for me. And then after that, I have to see how the rest of the week goes. Those three guys I know that I'm going to like. Maybe I'll get a little bit lower on Dak. I know I'm going to like Matt Ryan. I know I'm going to like Teddy Bridgewater based on the game environments and those ones. Then as the week goes on, I'll have my projections out on Wednesday. I'll have my rankings and I'll start to develop what my GPP player pool is going to look like. I'll crunch my 150 lineups, my 20 maxes, because after that, yeah, Daniel Jones at $5,400. He looks good because of the matchup, right? Dallas gets the huge bump, or they give the huge bump to the Giants offense in this one. Dallas sports the league worst 32nd overall defense and 32nd overall in coverage. If you don't know, that's dead last. The 23rd in pass rush. So all these things are not very good, which patches up for a very good spot for Daniel Jones. The issue, however, is this is not the Browns coming in. Look, you might think the Browns are bad this year. They came in on back-to-back games of 30 plus points on their offense. It was a top five offense going into last week. Yes, that factors in the running game, which is number one in the league right now, but still a top five offense. They have good playmakers. They have a good offensive line that's improved. And now you have this offensive line with the Giants that's not good. A number 28 overall offense where there's no Sterling Shepard. There's no Saquon Barkley. They still have weapons, of course. They have Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. And right now on the outside, they have Darius Slayton still. But it's not the same situation of, of okay, we saw the Falcons in Seattle have huge games against this Dallas defense. Yeah, those are those are good offenses. Those have good quarterbacks. Okay, we just saw Baker Mayfield have it. Yeah, he might not be a great quarterback, but it's a good offense. This defense sucks, but it does concern me. It does concern me as a trap spot for Daniel Jones. He's very cheap at 5,400. I assume he'll be over-owned in this spot. There are 
are clear stacking options. I would rank the stacking options as Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and Golden Tate in that order. After that, that's all I really want. I don't want any Ratley. I don't want any of the running backs in my stack options. As bad as the Cowboys defense is, that's equally as bad of an offense in the Giants. Now, I do think the Giants are going to be playing from behind, so more pass attempts. I just don't know how efficient they're going to be like Baker Mayfield was this past week, and also Jarvis Landry throwing for a touchdown. So Daniel Jones, I wanted to make him a yes right away because he's only 5,400. I don't trust him enough in cash, and I don't know if I want to get a lot of ownership towards him and those Giants players behind that offensive line in GBP. So for right now, it's a wait and see as the week goes on. Lamar Jackson's going to be in play. Look, he's $7,900, and he has to hit you with the rushing game for really to pay off on a GBP. But cash game, you can feel pretty secure about it. He had the 50-yard touchdown the last week. He had seven carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. He had two more passing touchdowns for almost 200 yards, and now he has a really good matchup against Cincinnati. And the biggest thing, he beast-moded Cincinnati last year. The biggest thing is that Cincinnati ranks 32nd in pressure rate, pass rush. That's going to help Lamar Jackson a lot. When you're not bringing pressure for him, and he could just scramble and wait around back there and find the running lanes, that's really going to help. So if there's ever a week for Lamar Jackson to go for the 100-yard bonus on the ground this season, and it might happen a couple of times like it did last year, it would be against the Cincinnati pasture. So yes, Lamar Jackson, he's in play as a GPP option if you have the money. He's in play as a pretty strong cash option if you have the money. I'm not going to prioritize it because I can prioritize Matt Ryan at 6,100. I could prioritize other guys in his same range like Dak, but I do think he's definitely going to be a cash consideration and obviously a GPP consideration. I don't need to stack Lamar. Last week, if you stacked him with Andrews, it paid off two touchdowns to him, but I don't need to stack him because of the rushing upside that I'm trying to take advantage of in this matchup. Mahomes is in play. They're going to be huge favorites with like a 30 plus implied team total. So I think I lean Clyde Edwards Lair a little bit more in this spot. Again, they're playing tonight, Monday night. So if I don't reference anything that happens tonight, that is why if there's an injury, uh, but Mahomes right now, $7,700. It's just not an automatic play of Mahomes here. The stacks are going to be expensive. Tyreek and Kelsey is fairly priced, but Tyreek and Kelsey are going to be somewhat expensive on this slate. They get the matchup against Vegas, which is a very bad defense right now. Vegas currently ranks as of right now. They have a ton of young secondary players and they're not that great of secondary players. They're currently ranking like the bottom eight in every defensive category. Bottom five in coverage rate right now came into the week around 29th overall. So this is a really good spot. Josh Allen picked them apart uh, from everybody, right? Gabriel Davis, the rookie. Steph Diggs had a fine game. John Brown had a decent game. Cole Beasley had a good game. Everybody picked them apart in every single position. So that's only going to get much worse when KC comes to town. So Mahomes at 7,700. I'm going to have Chief stacks. I'm going to have Chief stacks. I'm going to have Chief stacks. It's kind of as simple as that. It just comes down to, do I want more Dallas stacks at a cheaper price point for Dak and their pass catchers? And then working in things like that. So I like it a lot. This could be a situation where, yeah, you might think that they're going to be up and running the ball a lot, but that's not really going to take over till the fourth quarter, right? You can have Patrick Mahomes throw four first half touchdowns and get you there just in one half in this matchup. And he's done that before against this Las Vegas or Oakland team in the past. Josh Allen's in play at 7,500. He had a pedestrian game, it seemed like last week, and he still had three total touchdowns, one rushing touchdown on the ground. That's all he kind of did on the ground, a goal line QB sneak, 288 passing yards. So in a bad week, he only almost has 300 yards and three touchdowns. So pretty good there. The issue for me right now is I do prefer Mahomes and Dak Prescott and their stacking options right now, but Tennessee does rank 20th in pass rush and 18th in total defense. So it's still a fine matchup. Kyler Murray, 7,200. Look, he escaped last week. He had under 200 yards. He averaged 4.3 yards per attempt, which is absolutely brutal and horrific, but he ends up getting three passing touchdowns. And the big thing, he gets 78 yards on the ground to kind of savage some of the weeks at $7,000. But now his price point increases. And I'm okay looking past last week. It was a bad performance, but he's been struggling in the air already this season a lot. Now his yards per attempt is now into the mid sixes. That's not that great of a number overall. He had a good week three from a passing perspective, but outside of that, he hasn't really had a good passing game usage this year. It's just mainly his upside is coming from the ground for fantasy. And we can continue to rely on that. And that feels good for us. New York Giants are 23 in total defense and they're 29th in coverage. So it is a good spot for him. $7,200. He's in play for me. The price point's coming up though. Like, right. He's right next to Dak. I much prefer Dak. I do prefer Patrick Mahomes in the 7k range, even for a little bit more expensive money. And then some final options and some closing options. Deshaun Watson against Jacksonville. He had his best week of the season last week. 9.1 yards per attempt is a very elite number. 300 yards and two touchdowns, but he hasn't done much on the ground this whole t- season, especially last week. Jacksonville is pretty much an average defense so far, which is a lot better than we expected. If you don't expect them to be there at the end of the year, then this could kind of be a buy lowish spot on Deshaun Watson and, and kind 
of trying to take advantage of what may seem like an overhyped Jacksonville defense by the end of the season. But the problem is stacking options. Brandon Cooks lays a goose egg. Randall Cobb not doing too much. Kenny Stills not doing too much. It's basically Will Fuller out there. And if you know me, you know that I like to full on game stack every single one of my GPP lineups. I don't think you have to do that. Like a quarterback plus a wide receiver running back with another option. I personally go quarterback plus two of his pass catchers, meaning wide receivers and tight ends. And it doesn't have to be a tight end, just two pass catchers. I don't put running backs in there 99% of the time right now. And it's been working out for me this year. So I'm going to continue to game stack. If you don't want to game stack, right? If you just want to have one player, one pass catcher and one option from the other team, you don't want a full on game stack with a two stack option. Then yeah, just go ahead and get yourself to Sean Watson, Will Fuller and run it back probably with DJ Shark. It's a pretty easy and simple stack right there. If you're not trying to full on game stack the game, Gardner Minshew, Philip Rivers to an extent. I don't really know how much I need these stationary quarterbacks. Philip Rivers doesn't seem to have the overall upside. A lot of injuries on his offense right now. A couple guys banged up and nicked up. No Campbell, obviously. Michael Pittman was out last week. Zach Pascal is seeming like he's having a hard time getting a ton of separation right now through the first couple of weeks. So not sure how much I dip down into the 5K range outside of maybe Bridgewater and some Daniel Jones as the week goes on. For right now, that's where I'm at at this position. I will say that Jared Goff came into week four as the number one player in yards per attempt. He's been thriving off of play action passing, and now he gets a Washington secondary that has just been very meh so far. You know, the stacking options for this team, right? It would be Jared Goff, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup seems like the top stack, run it back with Terry McLaurin and or Antonio Gibson. That's where I would go if I'm playing any Jared Goff stacks and GPPs. Next up is the running back position. And please do hit the like button for me and the big old subscribe button. I appreciate that a ton. If you're listening on the podcast, how those ears doing, please do hit the follow on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are. Takes two seconds of your time. $50 giveaway for somebody this week. One person will be randomly selected Sunday night. If you leave a way for me to contact you, I'll reach out to that person. $50 giveaway if you leave a podcast rating and review for Apple devices, the Apple store. For Android devices, Stitcher just takes 30 seconds of your time. Five-star rating review. Say something nice about this program. So we start the running backs off with Ezekiel Elliott. Look, look, look. It's tough to say that he's not almost a cash lock this week. There's not a lot of studs on this slate. You don't have Dalvin Cook. You're not going to have Aaron Jones, right? There's not a lot of studs at all on this slate for the most part. No McCaffrey and Saquon. They're all hurt. There's not a lot of guys to be choosing from. So Ezekiel Elliott just seems like a pretty obvious option for me in cash games. Honestly, seems like a pretty obvious option in a lot of your GPP lineups. If you're not playing a, uh, a Cowboy stack, I personally will not be stacking Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. But last week does give me a little bit of consideration to maybe do that. So this is what's happening. Back-to-back games, they've had bad game flow, right? They got down big and really big to the Cleveland Browns. They got down big and decently big two scores to the Seattle Seahawks. So his passing game or his running game role was not there. He did not do much on the ground. But in both weeks, he saw a lot of targets. He's seen 20 targets in the past two weeks. And this past week, he had eight catches, 71 yards on those eight targets. So that's where I kind of say, hmm, if he's going to have eight catches and then he's going to get 71 yards for Dak, that's a little bit decent. But again, I'd rather stack this offense with the wide receivers in the tight end that have 100% correlation, where Zeke has nowhere near 100% correlation with the points that he puts up. And I'll clarify by saying if, yes, a wide receiver has like an end round for eight yards, is not 100%. I get it. But for the most part, anything in the passing game is going to be 100%. So yeah, right now it looks good for Zeke. Like he still had over 20 fantasy points in a game where they're trailing by a ton against a good defense in Cleveland because he can catch eight passes. He could see 12 targets the week before that. So if Zeke's going to do that without scoring a touchdown, he goes for 20 plus fantasy points. Yeah, he's full on game flow independent. His price point should be like $8,500. He gets a giant to a very sneaky good defense when it comes to stopping the run. They're top five in defensive line play coming into week four as week four is ending up. And that's exactly where the Browns were this past week. And yes, they stopped Zeke on the ground because of game flow a little bit, but he still was able to get it going in the passing game. And, and, and Ezekiel Elliott got over the line of scrimmage. Mike McCarthy didn't challenge it for some reason. And then they ended up getting in, but he would have had a touchdown in this game, which would have been like a 26, 27 point performance. And if that's the case, maybe Zeke is $8,500. So yeah, Zeke for me just looks kind of like wherever you're playing. If you're playing one lineup this week, you're probably starting with Ezekiel Elliott. After that, look, there's not a lot of studs. I have interest in the three studs on this slate and how I'll classify them as studs. Next up, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Again, whatever he does tonight, maybe this will make him a little bit deflated in price if he goes for 20 points. I currently in week four have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
player projected against the Packers. We will be knowing how he does based on my projection. But I have him projected for right around 19 fantasy points, 18.9 fantasy points with a ceiling into the 20s, which just seems pretty obvious. So yeah, averaging 18 fantasy points per game right now gets an Oakland defense that ranks 28th in the league so far. They're allowing running backs to kind of pile up receptions. In the last two to three weeks, we've seen a lot of receptions and targets go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's way. We've also seen him run out the clock in these situations. In week three, he ran out the clock in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. In week one, he was running down the clock getting 20 plus touches. So I think that the workload is there for him. He's going to be on a huge favorite team, a 30 point implied total. They're big favorites, touchdown and more favorites here against the Vegas defense that is not good. It just lines up for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at $6,800. Seems too cheap. Next up, Derrick Henry. There's a nice price discount here. I still think I prefer Zeke. I still think I prefer Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I like Henry a lot too, because look, Buffalo has been sneakily awful against the run. They're bottom five in run defense, according to Pro Football Focus through four weeks. And now you have a fresh Derrick Henry that as long as this game is played, right? They ended up missing last week, all the COVID stuff with the Steelers. As long as this game is played, he's in line for a 25 plus touch game, unless the game gets out of hand, right? If they keep this within a touchdown for most of the game, you could expect Derrick Henry to start seeing like six touches per quarter. And that's looking very good for Derrick Henry, who has a discount here. He's been like 7,500 to 7,800 almost every single week. Now he's $7,000 flat. And what on paper, a lot of people are going to think is a tough matchup. The Bills have been very bad against the run. Again, PFF's bottom five run defense. Get myself some Derrick Henry. Those are my three yeses early in the week. Zeke, Clyde Edwards, Larry, and Derrick Henry. Seems pretty obvious as I believe they were like three of the top four price running backs. After that, I look to David Johnson where there's some concern here, but the price point keeps dropping. He was like 5,700 last week or 56. He's now 52. Duke Johnson returned and that was not fun. Looking at my app, seeing D Johnson is catching a 15 yard pass and getting excited and then seeing no receptions for David Johnson later. I was like, I got duped because that's Duke Johnson and he's back. Duke Johnson saw eight total touches last week and four targets. He out-targeted and was out-used in the receiving game over David Johnson. David Johnson still did see two catches. And a big thing that was nice was David Johnson was getting all the goal line usage. He got three carries inside the five and two, and this was all in the same drive, same series, and two on the one yard line just couldn't get in the end zone. It was rough. He picked up 18 total touches, the most that he's seen on the year so far. He remains heavily involved running routes. So we'll see if that continues with Duke Johnson not out there. Look, he's $5,200. If you tell me in a matchup against Jacksonville, who has had a sneaky good run defense so far, top half of the league, but a 5,200, if you tell me that He's going to be in a situation where he sees 15 plus touches still involved in the passing game and getting all the goal line and red zone work. I'm going to take advantage of that in some of my lineups at 5,200. Opposite side of that game is James Robinson. He's expensive at 6,700, but Houston is a bottom eight run defense so far. Jacksonville's offensive line right now, the run offense ranks 25th in the league, but in the big butt is the opportunity for James Robinson and what he's making of it is fantastic. He had another 20 plus touches in week four, 21 to be exact. He ended up bringing in a couple of receptions for them. He goes over hundred total yards and he's being involved in the red zone. So just because he's 6,700 and you don't recognize the name as much, don't go right away to crossing him off. I know that he's more expensive than Miles Sanders. I know that he's more expensive than guys like Mixon and Josh Jacobs and Kareem Hunt, who might not have Nick Chubb this week. I get all of that, but I think you should at least look at him and credit him for being a guy who's probably going to see 18 plus touches this week if the game stays close. Next up is Miles Sanders in this Philly offense. I mean, they got the W against Nick Mullins, but it's just absolutely abysmal right now. It's really tough to be seeing this happen to Miles Sanders right now. He gets a number three overall run defense in Pittsburgh, the fellow Pennsylvania team. He had 15 total touches for just 76 yards. He's being overthrown now back to back weeks in some potential big play. He ended up putting up those 15 touches for 76 yards against the top 10 run defense and now gets an even better defense this week. So I'm a little bit concerned. I don't know how much they're going to have upside here against Pittsburgh in this game to really run the ball and run the clock out. So you really have to rely on the passing game role, but he only had four targets last week. Hopefully they adjust something the Eagles and say, we need to get the ball in Miles Sanders' hands more because right now it's 6,500. I'm not all that interested. And as I record this video, I just got the news via Twitter that Nick Chubb is going to be placed on IR. So I have him in yellow right here to notify you that he's going to be potentially injured. We just got the news live that Nick Chubb is going to be placed on IR. And that's perfect timing because literally the next guy on my list, wow, how coincidental. Next guy on my list is Kareem Hunt. $6,500 $6,500 for Kareem Hunt. He's already priced for the situation, but don't get too confused. The Ernest Johnson had 13 carries just last week, but don't get too blown away on that. 
Kareem Hunt was limited and was listed as questionable for week four. So there's an opportunity. And what I kind of gathered from this was that Kareem Hunt was limited last week and was not going to have a huge role anyways. Then Nick Chubb gets hurt. So they have to give a little bit more touches, some touches to Dontrell Hilliard. He had like six total touches, but then Dearness Johnson, no carries or no, or no catches for Dearness, but he had 13 attempts, which led the team and he played very well. So he might've earned himself some more touches, but I do think that Kareem Hunt is going to see himself in a featured role against Indy. Who Indy coming into week four was the number one overall defense, but you saw in high situations or high stress situations, high important situations, Kareem Hunt was getting the touches inside the red zone. He had 11 carries, 71 yards and two touchdowns, no passing game role. Again, that could be because of his limited status in practice and maybe dealing with some sort of an injury. So I expect him to be the RB1 and healthy. I expect Kareem Hunt to be pushing towards 16 to 20 touches in a situation where this is going to be a close game. I'm going to be making Kareem Hunt a yes right now. So Kareem Hunt is changing to a yes for me because we just got that news that Chubb is out. The only reason why he wasn't a yes was because I wasn't sure. Yes, D. Ernest Johnson had a nice role last week, but he's not going to lead this team in backfield touches. I think that Kareem Hunt was just battling an injury last week. $6,500 Kareem Hunt is probably about five dollars too cheap in my opinion for this matchup next up is mike davis and everybody's priced up there's not a lot of value running backs this week there's like one guy i would mention in the 4k range and that's barring an injury there's like two guys maybe three guys in the 5k range so we're gonna have to stick to the 6k range which is pretty loaded mike davis mike davis showed you the other side of the game flow the first two weeks that we got to see him play and one was just in the fourth quarter when mccaffrey got hurt you saw eight and nine targets this past week you saw a pretty nice six targets but they were leading in this game against arizona they got the upset and he ends up seeing 16 carries on the ground averages 5.3 yards per attempt and has a touchdown in that game, five catches for 27 yards. He looks like a pretty borderline elite usage player in either game flow situation right now. And now he gets a nice matchup against Atlanta, where even if they're playing from behind, that's where the targets start to spike at 6,400. I have interest. Josh Jacobs is too cheap at 6,300, but his offensive line stinks. Like even against Buffalo, who doesn't have the greatest defensive line right now in terms of run stop. And Josh Jacobs still couldn't get much done. They were not on the greatest of game scripts. Now they get Kansas City. So I hold my horses a little bit, but the price points to the point where even if they're trailing by 10 and Josh Jacobs can get you like he had three catches in this game on four targets. If he can get you two or three receptions, 15 touches on the ground, maybe a red zone carrier too. It could be a nice situation for Josh Jacobs at 6,300. Their issue is if they don't get rugs back and maybe some other pieces that they're not really going to have to worry about much outside of Waller, Casey and Josh Jacobs. So it could be a little bit of an easy way to stop the offense if you load the box. Joe Mixon had a big week at 6,300. I'm tempted to make him a yes. Look, he erupted 25 carries, 151 yards and two touchdowns, six yards per attempt. He also caught a touchdown on six passes. That's absolutely fantastic. 31 total opportunities. It's a tough spot. Run defense for Baltimore is number six overall in the league so far through four weeks. I'm tempted to make him a yes though because $6,200 or 6300 is a little bit cheap, especially if he can keep that passing game involvement. Jonathan Taylor snaps and opportunities have gone down each of the past three weeks. That's a concern at 6200 Now gets this tough matchup against Cleveland's defensive line. The price point is going to keep him in play for me though. It's only been two weeks of concern, but we have not seen a passing game roll at all out of him these past two weeks. 6200 I'd prefer mix him. I'd probably prefer right now Josh Jacobs as well. And then some 5K options down here. Todd Gurley, look, he's an option and run back stat. If you're going to play Carolina, I would not put him in my Matt Ryan Atlantic team stacks, but he's a decent spot because $5,700, unless something happens tonight on Monday Night Football, he's getting the usage still, even with a nice run from week three of Brian Hill. Todd Gurley still had his best game in week three to that point. So Todd Gurley, $5,700, dead last run defense in Carolina, looks like a nice spot. Antonio Gibson continues to look good, 17 touches and four catches last week, 128 total yards, his new career high in his young rookie season, and a touchdown. Right now, this Rams defensive line might get some pressure, but 26th in run defense, Washington 13th in run blocking. They're going to be big underdogs. So Antonio Gibson potentially, potentially can see himself having more receptions. JD McKissick is still lurking though, as he had a lot of receptions as well last week. So right now he's not anywhere near a lock at $5,000. Definitely not a strong cash play in my opinion, as a big underdog, he's in playing cash, but he's more of a GPP play for me, Antonio Gibson. We've now seen what he can do in multiple games if he just gets the usage.
Chase Edmonds, who yesterday alone had a very nice game, caught a touchdown once Kenny Drake left later in the game, a two-yard touchdown. He had six targets, five catches. This entire season, Kenny Drake only has five targets. So Chase Edmonds was the pass catching back even before there was an injury to Kenny Drake. And now it seems like if indeed Kenny Drake is out, yeah, Chase Edmonds at 4,700 looks fantastic. But keep a close eye on that. We don't have much news yet. And then San Fran's running backs, Jerick McKinnon, 21 touches, seven receptions, all 14 carries. There was like one other running back to see a touch on the ground. Jeff Wilson saw one, but keep an eye on this. If Raheem Mostart is back, I don't have much interest then in the backfield. It gets murky. If Raheem Mostart start misses again well then yeah against Miami at 5800 McKinnon is in play next up we move into the wide receivers again be sure to check out monkey knife fight promo code vetri v-e-t-r-i get you a 100% match up to 50 dollar a player prop site and we will have a player prop video out later this week to try and help you with some of those props as well link down below you can take advantage of that lovely offer 100% deposit match you rarely find that up to 50 bucks monkey knife fight promo code vetri v-e-t-r-i lets him know that he came from me so a lot of wide receivers I always have interest in if I have interest in a quarterback you could be damn sure I have interest in two or three of the past catchers that have any type of upside because I like the game stack. So I have some interest in Kyler Murray. That means I'm going to have interest in Hopkins. Even in a bad week, Hopkins still leads the team with seven catches, still sees a 29% target share. Now he gets a Jets matchup that is going to be very good for him. So situation where Hopkins has one bad week, it's likely going to lower his ownership. It's likely going to lower his price point at just 7,900 after being 8,500 last week. Not a lot of options to pay up for this week in general. So I do think that Hopkins once again becomes sort of a cash priority in this matchup. I do think that it becomes in play for GPPs. Amari Cooper. I like Dak. I like these stacks. Amari won me a whole bunch of Dalaruskis last week scoring 30 plus points. He had 12 catches on 16 targets, a 28% target share, 134 yards and a touchdown. Could have been even more. He kind of fell asleep and he admitted it after game on his route that led to an interception when they were in the red zone to end the game. Giants have a pretty awful defense. James Bradbury, though, their secondary has been improved. James Bradbury is back there right now. They have Logan Ryan in the slot. I don't think this is any type of a shadow or even if it is a shutdown matchup against Amari for Bradbury. Amari is really difficult to shut down, if at all. He runs too good of routes and he's used in all parts of the field and also in the slot. Although he's $7,400, I do think that he's still too cheap. Like Amari, in my opinion, should be close to Hopkins, like $7,800. So I think you're still getting a little bit of a discount, especially if you want to stack this game up. Mari's in play for me. Julio Jones on the two game Monday night slate, $6,000 is pretty crazy. He's only $6,800 for next week. So as long as he stays healthy, gets a matchup against Carolina where they have nothing in that secondary. 26 in overall defense. In my opinion, Julio Jones might be like $600 to $1,000 too cheap for what's going to be this matchup. Yes, Ridley has been doing good, getting all the red zone usage. Julio Jones, though, still has a hovering around a 20% target share in the first two games that he's played. He missed week three. He'll play tonight as a record this on Monday. So Julio for me, yeah, like these Matt Ryan stacks, it becomes easier to stack them when Julio is just $6,800. It becomes difficult when Ridley's all the way up to $7,500. I'll have interest in Ridley as well at $7,500. Just have more interest in Julio right now. Because look, if I'm going to be going up to Ridley, if it's a one-off situation, if it's in a stack, obviously you're stacking with this quarterback. But if it's just a one-off situation or considering it for cash, I find the money to get up to Hopkins or I find an extra $100 less and leave it on the table if you have to, to get to Amari Cooper. This is one of the more egregious price points in my opinion. CD Lamb at $6,000. Look, he's not having a crazy target share, but he had seven targets yesterday. Five catches, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. He's also using the running game a little bit on end arounds. And here's the big thing CD Lamb had a third touchdown that was just overthrown wildly in the back right corner. He was wide open. They lost him. Dak Prescott just wildly overthrew it. So you get CD Lamb with all the upside in the world being used in all parts of the field, the outside, but mainly in the slot where we like to see talented receivers play. He's way too cheap right now. I like his matchup against the Giants. Probably see some Logan Ryan. That's fine, in my opinion. The number one wide receiver on the Carolina Panthers, and that is Robbie Anderson. What? It's not DJ Morrisow, top 15, top 12 overall wide receiver in the preseason rankings. Yeah, right now it looks like that Robbie Anderson is fantastic and Adam Gase did not know how to use him when he was with the Jets because he's running intermediate routes he's running his deep routes he looks fantastic all over the field and he's really clicking with Bridgewater eight catches on 11 targets for 99 yards just missed the bonus on DraftKings in week four and now he gets a bad secondary that is a little bit banged up in Atlanta I like Robbie Anderson a good amount you're stacking options for Teddy Bridgewater like I said earlier Robbie Anderson DJ Moore Curtis Samuel in that order in my opinion $5,900 is too cheap still next up is the final guy of all the wide receivers that I think that I would like to stack and I honestly think that Cedric Wilson's at least worth mentioning and Noah Brown they're catching passes in 
this offense right now of Dallas. But if they're going to continue to throw a lot of passes, they'll be in play. But if not, it's mainly going to be those three. And Gallup did lead the Cowboys last week, although he didn't produce much, just five targets. He led the team in routes run. He led the team in snaps. That's what's been happening all season long. So in week three, he blows up. Week four, he does nothing. Week two, he does nothing. Week one, he's playing average. So again, I still think he's in play. If you're running that many routes and seeing that many snaps in this offense, you're going to be in play. And again, he's only 5,400. So after CD Lamb had the big week, after Mario had the big week, there's a chance people gravitate towards Gallup because he's cheaper. Either way, I think he's going to be strongly in play for me. Now, if we like all these Dallas guys, we need some sort of run back options. We'll get to some of them, right? Evan Ingram in the tight end. But one of them right here is Darius Slayton. $4,800 as a potential run back option with a lot of upside against his bad Dallas secondary. You can sign me up for that. We've seen outside receivers just dominating the secondary so far. It doesn't matter who it is at this point. It could be every single player, it seems, on the Atlanta Falcons. It could be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Metcalf being the outside receiver. Last week, you ended up seeing OBJ be the outside receiver to dominate them. So give me some seriously in the athletic outside receiver for Daniel Jones and the Giants at just $4,800. In week four, he saw seven targets, which is second only to his tight end in Evan Ingram, who saw 10. I currently have Henry Ruggs as a yes. Obviously, he's banged up. Obviously, he's injured. If he's going to get full practices this week, I'll feel confident in that yes. If he's going to be limited and missing some practices and only get like one practice in, he'll be moved to a maybe because then he's just not fully healthy. But if we find out that he's fully healthy, he was doubtful this week, so it might be a stretch. If we find out that he's fully healthy, 4700 for his type of skill set. He looked very good in week one, uh, very good down the field. Oh, he has a match over the Chiefs secondary is pretty average, right? Right around average, maybe even above average to this point. But I do think it's a fine matchup for him as they'll have to be targeting downfield for Derek Carr. Again, if he does not get all full practices, which I don't expect to be honest with you, I'll move him to a maybe. And then my final yes for early in the week is DJ Shark. Nice run back option. If you want to do those that stack we mentioned with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, it's a cheap run back option. 6,500 for a guy who had his best game of the year last year. Nine targets led the team, eight catches, 95 yards, and two tutties got the late touchdown as well to get two of them in there. So I like him at 6,500 against a Houston secondary that is hashtag not good. And then there's a ton of wide receivers that could talk about that I have some interest in. $4,600 Golden Tate. I just don't know how you play him over Slayton, who's 4800 and has higher ceiling, over Ingram, who gets a lot more usage and does not leave the field and a lot of targets in general. And in my opinion, has a higher ceiling, especially around the red zone. Then Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate's in play at 4600 but you're probably expecting more times now, like six, seven targets here. Uh, it does not give you the best upside, but the matchup gives him a little bit of a bump. But again, much prefer Slayton for $200 more. Same matchup, same team. Give me Darius Slayton over Golden Tate, but both are in play. Tyree Kill would be my number one priority in my Kansas City stacks, but I don't think I'm going to get him anywhere else at 6,900. Primarily, I'll have him in Kansas City sacks. Maybe some one-off single entry lineups I'll consider it as a contrarian play if he becomes contrarian. Houston, we already talked about Will Fuller, 6,600. He'd be my main piece in my Deshaun Watson stacks. Six catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets last week. Should have had another touchdown as well. Kind of had this little juggling catch, and it just the ball came out. It kind of moved when he went to the ground in the end zone. Would have been an even bigger day for Will Fuller. DJ Moore is going to be interesting. He's $6,000. He's still cheap. He's more expensive than he was last week, even though he didn't do anything, but he's had two poor weeks now. I still think he's in play. I do prefer Robbie Anderson, but I think they're both nice stacking options and they're both really cheap. Teddy Bridgewater's cheap. Robbie Anderson's in the 5K range and DJ Moore's 6K flat. So you can get a nice stack in there. You can run it back with Atlanta. Anybody you want, I would recommend Julio if I had to pick one guy. And then you're only playing guys all in the 6 and 5K range, including your quarterback, including Julio Jones. You have all the money in the world to play Ezekiel Elliott, to play a Clyde Edwards player, and just build a kind of supreme team, in my opinion. It's a nice way to go for a Carolina stack. You can get a nice GPP upside score like you did last week out of Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of other guys that I can mention here if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can see I'll scroll through a lot of the X's that I kind of have to break down as the week goes on. I'm going to have a lot of guys in my player pool. I always have a lot of guys in my player pool. Last week, not counting defenses, we had about 70 players in the player pool. So obviously a lot of wide receivers get in there, whether I have one or 2% ownership or all the way up to like 30 plus percent ownership, depending on the play. I will say that Devontae Parker looks healthier and healthier as the weeks go on. Keep an eye on if Richard Sherman comes off that short-term IR. He might have one more week on it, but he's looking healthier and healthier. He had 10 catches on a team leading 12 targets for 110 yards. If Sherman is out yet again, I'll probably make Devontae Parker, who's just $5,900, who would see Emmanuel mostly then I'll probably make him a yes. 
We now move into the tightest of positions, the tightest of ends. And if you will, hit the like button for me, the big old subscribe button as it pops up on the YouTube channel. I do have Patreon projections, rankings, game notes, a bunch of stuff, showdown information, showdown projections and rankings, everything you could possibly imagine. The more informed you are, the better chance you have at winning. We've had a lot of people winning in the last four weeks, like the most that we've ever had in a, like a four week stretch of any type of sport. Had a lot of people winning in the NFL right now. I think the projections are really dialed in. I think kind of all the rules and everything I'm setting in my optimizer that I talk about in my closing thought show over the weekends is really dialed in right now. And Nothing can say more than that than the past two weeks. My two best weeks in the NFL ever. We've taken in over $20,000 in profits over the last two weeks. You can gain access to all those lovely pieces of information and tools and analysis linked down below in the exclusive content over on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Tight end position now, George Kittle. I mean, oh my God, 15 catches, 183 yards and a touchdown and 15 targets. That might be the best tight end performance I've ever seen against the Eagles last week. And now he gets a matchup against Miami and he did all that with Nick Mullins and they're saying Jimmy Garoppolo might come back. Obviously, this was a peak performance and potentially a career performance for George Kittle, right? I mean, I don't know how many times you catch 15 passes in a game. And uh, just based on those catches, you're going to go over hundred yards way more times than not, I would assume so. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how often that this is going to happen. I don't think it happens again, but George Kittle at 6,600. I thought we would get the 7k tag on him still too cheap against Miami. Same thing for Travis Kelsey. Like these are cash considerations. Now I normally don't like going into the 6k range for tight ends in my cash game lineups, but if there's enough money on the table this week, $6,400 for Kelsey, $6,600 for Kittle too cheap. Kelsey is just a walking 25% target share and he leads all tight ends and targets as of right now. Mark Andrews, I did have as a yes. That's why he's kind of sandwiched if you're watching on YouTube and an X in between the yeses. I had him as a yes. I'm going to make him a maybe though. Like he had three catches, 57 yards and two touchdowns, but he only had three targets. He brought in all of them, which is nice, but I don't know how much volume he's really going to be able to sustain compared to like, if you're going to tell me Mark Andrews, he's five or six targets more weeks than not, but Kelsey is seeing eight to 10 and Kittle is seeing eight to 10 as well with the 15 upside like you saw last week, or at least like the 12 upside. I don't know how often Mark Andrews sees that because this team just doesn't throw a lot. Now he does have the fantastic matchup, but I think he's a little bit more touchdown dependent than a Kelsey and a Kittle. And if they're going to be in the same price range. I'm just going to like them a lot more when I'm in that range. And also below the price point is Darren Waller. I'd rather play Darren Waller right now over Mark Andrews. It's an ideal game script against Kansas City. I don't think they have anybody who can stop him. It's a strong matchup. And in a bad week, what seemed like a bad week last week, this past week for Darren Waller, nine catches, 88 yards and 12 targets. And he also probably had about a drop and a half. One was a clear drop on his part. One was like a diving catch that he kind of brought in and hit the ground, those types of things. So he could add an even bigger week of like 120 yards. So Waller's just like a walking target machine right now. Yes, he got shut down by Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick will take away your best player. And he chose Darren Waller that week. This week against Kansas City, I don't think they have anybody who can do that to him. My last yes is going to be Evan Ingram because of the matchup, but also the usage. Eventually, this is going to click, especially if they can just get to the red zone. And hopefully Dallas is the upgrade in the matchup that they need to get there. Evan Ingram, 10 targets last week. He's continuing to just lead all tight ends this season in snaps and routes run. He's an elite monster in the middle of the field, and he's being used like an absolute weapon. They're just not getting closer to the red zone. And Daniel Jones doesn't have time to throw. We're hoping Dallas is the matchup that helps that. $4,600 is a nice price point. Zach Ertz, I'm going to make a no. He's a maybe right here for me, but at 5,700, I'm just making him a no right now as we do this live. Zach Ertz had a brutal performance. Four catches on five targets for nine yards. Yes, the Eagles offense has not been good, but Zach Ertz has looked just terrible in his own right. A nice catch in overtime against the Bengals. Outside of that, I haven't seen him do much all this year. And if he's 5,700, there's no way that I'm going to not try and get up to Waller or Andrews or Kelsey or Kittle, especially since they're all not that expensive this week. So I'm going to pass on Zach Ertz. Dalton Schultz will be in my Dak Prescott stacks this week. Had a really nice, strong week and strong catches this past week. Four catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. Almost brought in another really nice catch, which was almost a hospital ball. Dak almost like led that guy into a hospital as well. Almost lost another tight end for where he placed it. But a solid matchup this week in the middle of the field. Hayden Hurst is in play. I probably prefer Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram though at 4,700. And then the cheaper options this week, nobody in the 3K range I'm seeing right now. Austin Hooper's 4,100, had seven targets, the most he's seen this year. Five catches, 34 yards and a touchdown, which is nice to see in a game where they really didn't need to pass as much as they might have to this week against. Indy and Indy still allows their tight ends to catch passes. And I'll close it up by also saying former Indy tight end, Pittsburgh now tight end, Eric Ebron against Philly at $4,000. It's probably the cheapest 
focus on going at tight end this week, just because overall the price points on tight ends aren't that expensive. No 7K guys. You have Darren Waller at 5,900. You have Evan Ingram at 46. That's probably where I stay in those ranges if I'm not paying all the way up for Kittle and Kelsey. Thank you so much for tuning into this video on this podcast episode. I appreciate you all a ton. The rest of my content schedule for this week, we got like two videos coming out every single day. You can find it on my Twitter pinned up in my profile, my pinned tweet at Salvatry DFS. You can sign up for Patreon down below because the more informed you are, the better your chance at winning. You're just not going to beat people who are wildly informed, or at least you're not going to beat them more times than not, which means in the long run, you're just not going to beat those people if you don't have projections, good rankings, good analysis from a game-by-game notes perspective and understanding matchups and things like that. And then understanding the actual gamified side of it where you go in and you're playing a lot of lineups, you understand your exposures, you understand how to use an optimizer if you're using one to get the best possible lineups to take into account ownership, stacking, and all this stuff. I can help you with all that. Link down below on my Patreon. Like and subscribe before you go and be sure to check out the sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight, promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, get you a 100% deposit match up to $50 Ruski's player prop format. The show on Friday will help you kind of get some of those props if you need some help or just hell, choose your own. So thanks a ton and I'll see you all in the next one, gang. Peace out, gang.